We can always expect NBA rookies to need a little time to learn the NBA game, incorporate themselves, and understand the system for their new team that they're going to be playing in. But for Kings rookie Jalen Slauson, he might already know, understand, and have experience playing in the same offense that the Sacramento Kings run. To explain more, I'm joined by his head coach at Furman University, Bob Ritchie, right here on Locked on Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked on Kings. Hello and welcome into Locked on Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all offseason long. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I'm a Sacramento sports reporter and producer for ABC 10 News. And one of my favorite things to do after the draft and after we we meet and and uh, get our chance to to get our first impressions of NBA rookies is go back and talk to the people that help them get there, especially college coaches. And typically, college coaches are always willing to come on to these uh, whether new cat newscasts or radio shows or podcasts or whatever it may be and talk about their guy a little bit. So I reached out to Furman University's Bob Ritchie, head coach uh, of Jalen Slauson's, over the five years that he spent over at Furman. Uh, and Coach Ritchie was so gracious with his time, more than willing to come on uh, and chat about Jalen. And he's going to say a lot of great things about who Jalen is as, he per- as a person, what he brings to the Kings, what he's going to do that will capture your attention uh, in the California Classic. But my favorite bit, like I alluded to in the intro, you're going to hear Coach Ritchie talk about Jalen running a very similar offense or almost the exact same offense to what the Sacramento Kings ran last year over the entire five years that he spent at Furman. So that might give Jalen an advantage, a leg up coming into the league, uh, whether he spends time in the G League, which my expectations at this point is is that Jalen's going to get one of the Kings two-way contracts. Uh, But whether he spends time in the G League, goes right to the NBA roster, whatever it may be, come summer league and maybe training camp, we'll see uh, Jalen's comfort with the Sacramento Kings offense. And if he can provide some solid defense with also being comfortable in the Kings offense, uh, that may, may, a big, may make a big difference for him, his career, and what kind of role he ends up carving out for himself with the Sacramento Kings. So uh, I really think you're going to enjoy this conversation with head coach Bob Ritchie from Furman University. And I know there are some Furman fans listening. Welcome to the Locked on Kings podcast. I hope you will stick around and follow Jalen Slauson's entire career here, or at least his Kings career uh, with me here on the Locked on Kings podcast. You don't have to change your colors. Furman purple, Kings purple. We're together united in that. Uh, and I, I hope you enjoy hearing from uh, from your head coach, Bob Ritchie here uh, to, to gas up Jalen a little bit and talk about him a little bit more. So I really enjoyed this conversation. I hope you do too. Here is Furman University head coach, Bob Ritchie. We're just a handful of days away from the California Classic where we'll get our first look at the two new Kings rookies, including Jalen Slauson from Furman University. And instead of waiting till we see Jalen in person, I thought, why not talk to uh, the guy at the source, the guy who spent the last five years with Jalen uh, at Furman. It is head coach Bob Ritchie joining me. Coach, thank you so much uh, for, for appearing here on Locked on Kings and joining us for ABC 10. Uh, the, the first thing I wanted to ask you is I got to meet Jalen yesterday at his introductory press conference. And the first impressions that I got of him were very humble, 
and extremely ready to to put in whatever work necessary to to earn his opportunity and he doesn't didn't have any expectations so I'm wondering if I'm on the right path there and if I missed anything about uh, about Jalen, who he is as a person and a player uh, that will come out here in the uh, in the coming days, weeks and months with the Sacramento Kings. No, I think that's accurate. I mean, I think he he understands, you know, how competitive this is going to be and that, you know, how, how fun it was to get drafted. But obviously, you know, the, the journey just begins and um, he knows he still has a lot to prove. He knows that he's got to continue to go in there and you know, do every single thing he can to find a role on that team. I think the talent's there. I think I think one of the best things about Jalen is he's only going to continue to improve. And um, when you look at his trajectory line of what he did from the start of his college career to what he's doing now, you know, he was he was 31 fouls and 19 points as a freshman. And so to, to go from that to being a two-time all-conference player, defense player of the year in the league, player of the year in the league, you know, leading to a program in the NCAA tournament for the first time in 43 years, he, he has what we like to call around here just just a humble confidence and and the humility to know that he's got to continue to get better, but also the confidence to know that, you know, he's got skills and he's got gifts. And he, if he continues to invest and continues to, you know, just just have that have that mentality of just go put days together. Um, he's got a great future ahead of him. One of the answers that Jalen gave us that really stood out to me in, in the brief conversation that we had with him. I was asking him about arriving at the Golden One Center in Sacramento and arriving at the practice facility and if that felt like his NBA arrival moment for him. And, and his answer was something along the lines of like, it wasn't a, an arrival. And as soon as I treat it like I've arrived, then I'll be heading out or I'll be moving on to something else or uh, it, it won't last basically. Uh, what does that speak to about kind of his work ethic and his expectations of, of role and, and his career path and things like that to me, it, the way that translated to me was this is someone that is going to put in the work every single day, not take ever, anything for granted uh, and, and make sure that what he gets in the NBA is what he deserved. Well, I mean, we talked about that a lot before the draft. I mean, not knowing how it was going to go, you know, was he going to get drafted? Was he not going to get drafted? And and really just framing that understanding, like, Hey, this, this is not, a, this is not a final moment. This is just a checkpoint, you know, and there, there are a lot of things that need to take place from here and drafted or undrafted. He was still going to have to go prove himself in summer league. Right. And then, okay. So you have a good summer league. Great. Well, you got to get back to work and then you got, you got to get to, you got to get to camp and then you got to make the roster and then you got, you know what I mean? And like, there, there's so many different things that he's going to have to navigate. And so really just understanding that, you know, what are the different checkpoints? Okay, here, here's this. Well, let's celebrate this. You know, let's obviously it's a dream come true. It's something that not many people get to hear their name called. But at the same time, like we got to have a certain urgency about us that, you know, he, he knows he has to go play really well and he's got to work every day. And, um, you know, I think he's I think he's kind of ridden that balance pretty well. Clearly, he's done something over the five years that uh, that he spent at Furman. Like, and and the Kings mentioned Monty McNair mentioned that they've been keeping tabs on him and keeping track of him for a while. So clearly, there's something that he's done over his college career that's drawn their attention. But what do you think from him will draw Sacramento Kings fans' attention and interest when they get the chance to see him uh, suit up and play for the Kings here in summer league? Well, I think he's I think he's got great positional size. I think he's got great defensive versatility. He's got the ability to switch and, and guard multiple positions. I'll tell you this, he, he's got, he's one of the best. It's a unique deal where basically he's got the ability to have chase down blocks. And it's something that really, to be honest with you, I've never seen somebody do it in the way he does it. And so 
you know, the defensive part is going to be great, but also offensively, you know, it's basically like having a guy that can really just quarterback a lot of different situations. And with the game, I think looking at it analytically, Sacramento had the most dribble handoffs in the league last year. And that's something that we played a lot about up here. And we put him in those situations to really make decisions off that. You know, do you give the handoff? Do they settle behind it? Do you play behind it? Do you play the other way? You know, with, with the Kings, again, how much they play in a dribble handoff. I think that's going to be one of those situations where he's done that for five years. You know, he's, he started for us for four years. He does a lot of the quarterbacking in terms of the decision-making of what we do offensively. And he's just got great instincts. He's got unbelievable ability to pass the ball. He can step out. He can shoot it. He can really drive the ball, and he's got ability to finish at the rim, and I think he's going to continue to get better. You look at his numbers over the five years, and all you see is just consistent, steady improvement in multiple different categories. Uh, that improvement was one of the reasons why Monty McNair and the Kings liked uh, like Jalen and, and like the idea of, of bringing him in because they felt that he could improve and grow as the team continues to try and improve uh, and grow into hopeful, hopefully eventual uh, championship contenders. But spending five years with a guy, especially in college, going to the NBA scene, that's that's kind of rare, like uh, at least from from NBA draft picks who are typically one year or two years and done. But how do you think that's benefited him spending the last five years growing his game and preparing to make hopefully an immediate impact in the NBA? Well, I think one of the things he's really grown is his ability to lead, you know, and just, but you know, sometimes you look at it and you're like, hey, old is old's a bad thing, you know, but with old also comes maturity. And it also comes with a understanding of what really impacts winning. And I think when, when players are younger, you know, hey, I got to go score a bunch of points and hey, you know, the ball's got to always come through me. And I think as you get older and the amount of winning that he did here, you know, he leaves here the all-time winningest player in school history. Um, you know, one of only two teams to ever win a tournament game in the school's history. And I, I think I think what you're getting is somebody that's matured to a point of like, look, everybody says they want to win. Winning's really, really difficult. And there's a lot of things that it entails. And I think right now, whether you're coaching the division one level, you're coaching the NBA, you're a GM, you're a recruiting coordinator, you're constantly trying to find people that just understand what it takes to win. And, you know, it was interesting hearing Monty's comments yesterday the quick clip that he had in the press conference of like, Hey, we're looking for somebody to contribute to our culture. You know, we're looking for somebody that can impact winning and we're looking for somebody that can extend us into the playoffs. Well, when you listen to those three things, that has nothing to do with scoring or it has nothing to do with how many touches you're getting. Like, can you come in and can you, can you impact, can you change? And, 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 and really like, can you do the things that are necessary that sometimes cannot be seen? They might not be super loud, you got to have guys that are humble enough to be able to do those things. But at the end of the day, you look back and you're like, hey, that's when you look at those three things, right? Contributing to culture, helping establish winning ways and habits, stretching yourself in the playoffs. Like you got to get like maturity is not a bad thing there, you know, and finding somebody that's won at a high level is not a bad thing there. And, um, you know, in his five years here, if you look around college basketball, I think I think he's like I think our team is like in the top 10 in the country in winning percentage. And so you're getting a guy that just understands winning. And I just don't think you can put a place value on that. Today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast is brought to you by eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head over to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check mark to know the part will fit or you get your money back. 
Uh, because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Going from a, a five-year college veteran to essentially starting over, starting fresh, I imagine is going to be a, an interesting transition uh, for Jalen to, to work his way through. But you saw him when he, when he first arrived. How did he embrace the challenges or embrace the changes of when he first arrived at Furman to where he ended up? And do you expect similarities with how he approaches the, the NBA game? Yeah, I always thought he was he was willing to accept the truth and and he was willing to be coachable. Uh, never never really felt like he had it all figured out. Knew he had some deficiencies. Knew he had some things he had to get better at. You know, he's one of those guys where like you would say, hey, you know, we need to do this a little bit better, or you know, this habit here needs to clean up a little bit. And like he never really resisted it. You know, he wasn't really perfect, but like he, he, what you saw is you saw a guy early, you know, getting his days consistent, getting his habits consistent. You know, sometimes it was a little bit, you know, he had to kind of get used to that. But then this these past two years, I mean, in the gym every day, in the gym in the morning, like knew exactly what he was supposed to be doing, really did a good job. He, he actually took one of our freshmen this year and uh, on all game days, they'd be in the film room half an hour early before a shoot around and, and just watching some clips, you know, and just really like like seeing his ability to really like contribute to our culture, you know, and really grow there that was as pleasing as it really watching some of his habits develop. But, you know, when he came in here, it was a little bit the same, like, like he could defend a little bit as a freshman and we could play him in some games, but there was just an adjustment that he had to get used to in terms of the speed and the tempo and the pace. He's got a very high learning curve though. Like he, he really has great instincts on the court. He had some things where like he could catch on quick. Right. And so freshman year, not a ton, didn't play a whole lot sophomore year started and and I think I think you're going to see like there's it, it, what he's going to be in in 12 months and 18 months and 24 months he, he's going to be in a different spot than he is right now and you know the stakes are higher the people he's playing against are better you got the best players in the world and I, th I think some people that might deter him I think he's really going to be ready to accept the challenge it's fitting you mentioned him bringing a, a freshman under his wing a little bit because I'm always interested in the the veteran rookie dynamics of the NBA. Like I think it's always fun to see which veteran takes a rookie under their wing and how they grow under that player's tutelage over the course of not just their rookie year, but seasons together. Uh, and I don't know if we got the opportunity to ask Jalen this. I'm sure he'd say anybody he's willing to learn from anybody, but based off of your knowledge of the Kings roster or anything like that, do you think there's a player on this roster that you'd think he would really benefit from learning under? You know, he and I talked about that a little bit the other day before he flew out there. And I said, look, find that player with the best habits and just follow that guy. You know, like whoever that is, if that's Fox, if that's, you know, whoever, who's in the facility, who's watching film, like who, who's, who's managing their body, you know, who's in the training room, uh, find quickly which one is attacking being a pro, right? And like the, the the habits that come with that and really try to cling to that person, you know, really, really try to see, you know, ask them questions, be around them, you know, and and that's that's something I think he'll do a good job of. You know, he he did, he, he called me, I guess it was maybe Saturday and he said, hey, this thing felt real. I just got a text from Fox a little while ago. And, um, you know, 
I thought that was a pretty neat leadership moment. Even, you know, obviously I've never met him, but I even talked to our team about it yesterday, you know, for the best player to reach out to the draft picks on his own and say, Hey, can't wait to meet you. Um, can't wait to spend some time with you, you know, make sure, make sure you're watching that. And, um, you know, I think he'll gravitate to the people that are working the hardest and hopefully those are the ones that he connects with. With this upcoming summer league, is, is there anything specific that, well, actually, let me, let me change how I want to ask this question. I don't know if during this process, you've gotten the opportunity, you had the opportunity to speak with any of the Kings, speak with Mike Brown or any of the Kings coaching staff. But if you did, what did you tell them about Jalen? And if you didn't, like, what would you tell Mike Brown about Jalen? Like, not necessarily, hey, this is how you utilize him, take it from me, but coach, this is what you can expect from my guy. Well, a lot of the stuff that we've already talked about, you know, like, He's going to continue to improve, you know, stay, stay with it. And, and, you know, in terms of there's a lot of people going in the pre-draft process that we're trying to figure out, like, is the shot real? You know, is the shot going to translate? Because if it does, okay, yes, he's an NBA player, you know, sooner rather than later. If it doesn't, then we got to figure out exactly how he's going to score because he's not necessarily going to score in the post like he did in the Southern Conference. He shot 39% for us from three. Statistically, he was our best three-point shooter. And what I've told all these NBA guys that have called me, like, like, don't overthink it. You know, like he's going to be in the gym. He's going to work. Like if you go watch him and you expect him to make every single shot when you're watching his workouts, like this isn't going to be a finished product and the shot's going to stick. Like I'm fully confident of that. Like he, he's got a nice stroke and I think he's going to be somebody, the more comfortable he gets, you know, the more, the more acclimated he gets to the pace and the tempo and the structure of everything. I think what you're going to find is you're going to find a unique athlete, that has a very diverse skill set that can guard a multitude of positions. And I think in, in time, he's going to be somebody that really can stick at down perimeter shots uh, with confidence. And, you know, that's right now in the game, like that matters. And, um, and I think he's somebody that's going to really be able to, to contribute there. And, and I know that's kind of the question mark uh, with some programs and some programs don't view it that way. They trust the shot. And, and I think that's going to be, that's his big variable, you know, and, and I've told him like, Hey, stay in the gym. You know, just stay in the gym and he'll get more comfortable just like he did here. His freshman, sophomore, and even some of his junior year, he wasn't super comfortable on the three-point line. But the better his habits got, the more time he committed to it. Uh, he became somebody this year, multiple games. I mean, Chattanooga in the championship hit a huge three. Um, Virginia took the lead late by one of his threes at the top of the key. And um, so not only can he hit him, but he's also shown he can hit him in big moments. Can I go a little bit deeper about that, Coach? Is that just reps or is that confidence? Is it a combination of both? The reason why I ask that is if he starts his his rookie season in whatever capacity and, and he's maybe like in the mid to low 30s or whatever, and just because he's establishing himself in the game, like does he does it is it a confidence thing in your mind of just getting used to and learning the game, or is it just getting more shots up eventually they'll start falling? Because Fans kind of pay attention to that, but don't necessarily understand what it's like to be grinding every day to improve a skill like shooting. Yeah, I mean, I think some of it is just the sheer adjustment to the line, you know, and then you, you also go from a new role where, you know, probably when he gets not going to get many of them. And when he gets one of them, he's probably going to feel an immense pressure to make it. Mm. And and so there's going to be a lot of mental battle there that he's got to be confident and he's got to understand he doesn't need to make them all. Um, but when he gets an opportunity, he can't be shy to shoot it. And, and I think that's where it it's really is. It, it's it's a mental battle. And, um, you know, to be able to, at that level, at any level, like you you got to be ready to shoot the ball, the ball before the ball arrives. And you don't have them all. And um, 
when he has his habits right, he's in the gym and he's working on it daily and he gets adjusted to the line. Um, I really do believe, I, I think he's going to be inching to a 40% guy and, um, you know, I look forward to it. Last thing I have for you, coach, we already know that Jalen looks good in, in King's purple with the the time that he spent at Furman, but I'm always interested to see how the fans of, at Furman university or whatever college these players went to how they perform or how they follow uh, that player. So what are you expecting from Furman fans? Can we expect a lot of Furman purple to, to translate to Kings purple? Like how, how do you think Furman university yourself, your, uh, your, your coaches and uh, your players and even the student f- uh, and fan base, how do you think they're going to follow and support Jalen and his journey now to Sacramento? Yeah, I think everybody's all in. And um, you know, a lot of people were watching the press conference yesterday I've actually watched Sacramento some this offseason, just seeing some of their offensive numbers. Um, you know, I've got a couple NBA teams I watch. I do, you know, I don't know if it's popular to say on here, but I I, I do enjoy how Golden State plays. And um, I, I've enjoyed how Mike Brown has has brought some of those concepts, you know, not the same, but, but you know, you can see, you can see some different things with the split actions and their tempo and how much shooting they did. Like it was a very fun offensive style. And, um, you know, so, I've actually there were probably three teams I was hoping he would go to and this being one of them uh, just in terms of his skill set and how he fits. And so I look forward, you know, they're going to be a bunch of Furman fans keeping an eye on this. But, um, yeah, I'm going to go out to Vegas. I'm going to be out there for summer league for a couple of days. One of our other players is also, you know, Mike Bothwell got picked up by the Cavaliers for summer league. So it's um, it's going to be fun to follow this journey. And I think you'll see a, a lot of purple wearing some new purple. Well, congratulations to you and to your program for an amazing season that you just had. Congratulations uh, for for Jalen and his success. And also thank you for all the work that you and your program have done to prepare him for this. Sacramento Kings fans are very excited to see what he can do. And uh, uh, you deserve and your program deserves a lot of the credit for for his success, too, even though I'm sure you guys won't accept it and won't take it. But thank you, Bob, very much. Uh, It's been an absolute pleasure. Hope to be able to chat with you again or or see you uh, at Summer League. Best of luck next season going forward and i'm sure uh jalen will be keeping close tabs on everything Furman's doing too sounds great and uh appreciate you having me on matt big thank you to coach richie for joining me on the locked on kings podcast hope this is not the last time i have the opportunity to speak with him and uh and get to know him a little bit more as we uh we both follow jalen slauson's career here in sacramento that will begin with the california classic coming up next week now a couple pieces of news for the california classic one of them being not surprising, but very disappointing news. Uh, apparently, Victor Winbanyama, number one overall pick for the San Antonio Spurs, will not be playing in the California Classic, which I know is a big letdown to a lot of people. I'm not at all surprised by this. In fact, I think I've said it here on the Locked on Kings podcast before, and I've definitely talked about it in, in different NBA circles. I, I think it made sense for him not to play. I did not expect him to play the entire summer league uh, by any means. He just came off of playoffs uh, in, in France. So if I'm the NBA, I would rather have my generational superstar number one overall pick play in Las Vegas with all the hundreds or tens of thousands, at least fans uh, and scouts and things like that that are going to be coming to Vegas to 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 watch and, and to spend a week or a couple of weeks. I would rather have him play there than in a two-day, two-game event in Sacramento. That's just the reality of the situation. Now, of course, 
if Victor had gotten to play in the Golden 1 Center, he would have seen how great it was, how great the environment was. And you best believe Kings fans and Spurs fans and, and NBA fans, period, would have showed up just to see him. Um, but this this decision doesn't surprise me. Um, I also, this could be interpreted as sour grapes because, as some of you may know, because I've discussed, I'm not going to be here for the California Classic this year. So I'm not going to be able to see Jalen Slauson uh, and, and and Colby Jones play in person inside the Golden 1 Center here during the California Classic because uh, I'm going to be heading out on vacation. I actually leave for vacation on uh, June 30th, which is Friday, which is the day free agency begins. So unfortunately, schedule-wise, kind of not the best timing uh, for me, but it had to be done. It's a break that my uh, my family and I have had scheduled for a while, and I uh, just based off just my health and my exhaustion level and things like that, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a break that I definitely need. So the plan as of now is I'm going to be hosting a live Locked on Kings podcast at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning 10 o'clock tomorrow morning thursday morning i'm going to be doing a live and i have no time limit set on it could go an hour could go a couple hours i have no clue it's going to be a live episode of the locked on kings podcast and we are going to discuss all of the different scenarios rumors around the sacramento kings and free agency different targets things like that the good the bad the ugly all of it we will discuss in a live episode of Locked on Kings tomorrow. So please consider joining me 10 a.m. Uh, tomorrow morning uh, right here on YouTube. Uh, and then audio listeners, I will release an audio version of the show. It's going to be long, but I will release an audio version of the show for you to listen to uh, after the uh, the live show is, is finished. And then in reality, like I'm going to do I'm going to do the best I can to during this vacation checkout even with free agency, even with any uh, big Kings news. And I expect big Kings news to drop uh, from Friday onward while I'm gone. I'm going to do everything in my power to honestly check out and disappear for a week and enjoy time with my family. And then when I come back, I'll do a big episode recapping everything that's happened, both in the California classic and in Kings free agency, prepare for Vegas summer league and things like that. So uh, it's going to be tough taking a week off. It's been a long time since I've, I've taken that much time off of the locked on Kings podcast, maybe since my, my son was born, to be honest with you. So that's, that's going to be difficult for me as someone who really enjoys this podcast to someone who always wants to get you the content that I, I, I feel that you deserve. Um, and I hope that you understand uh, me taking this break, especially at this this kind of busy and weird time. Um, but I will be back, and I hope uh, at least this this live show that I'm doing tomorrow will um, set you up for it, in or at least make it a little bit easier for you. So, uh, again, that will be uh, tomorrow, uh, a live show, 10 a.m. here, a Locked on Kings live episode. I hope you will join me for that. Until then, my name is Matt George. Thank you so much for your support. As always, can't wait to have you join me on the next episode of Locked on Kings. You have been listening to the Locked on Kings podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network.